Okay, so the Gospel of Luke, which we just read, is often referred to as the Gospel of Mercy. It's the Gospel that we point to a lot as Marian fathers, being the community tasked to spread the message and devotion of divine mercy. And Luke is the Gospel that most accentuates the mercy of God. And this is a good thing. But here Luke is making a lesson for us that God is also justice. We can't lose sight of that. Otherwise, it's just a false mercy. And this false mercy is something that the world wants to say, well, God would never condemn me to hell. I can do whatever I want, when I want, how I want. Uh-uh. Why do we see that here? Okay, first of all, before Jesus resurrected, now, first of all, where are they? Are they in heaven, hell, or purgatory? Now, this is interesting because before Jesus resurrected, the souls of the dead, it was believed in the Jewish tradition, went to a place called Hades. Now, a lot of people think Hades is hell. Uh uh. Hell is actually Gehenna in the Jewish tradition. Hades was technically not hell. Okay, again, that was Gehenna. Hades is something of a waiting place. Because heaven was not yet opened. Only Jesus' resurrection could open the door to heaven. So where did the souls of Moses, David, even Adam and Eve, where did they go? Well, we descended, that's why Christ descended to the dead. Because there was a waiting room to go to waiting the final judgment. Or even, you know, there could not be without heaven being opened by Christ yet. Um, an open door. So, so the Jews knew, and we as Christians know that we had to wait for Christ's resurrection. So what happened to the souls of Moses and David and Adam and Eve? Okay, it was a belief there was a holding place called Hades. Now within Hades, there was a place for the good and a place for the bad. Because you're going to have in the Old Testament good people and bad people. So Hades is this waiting room, but there's two sections. And there was a great chasm between them that it says in our reading they couldn't cross over. So you had the, the area of the good and you had the area of the bad. Now Hades is like this waiting place until the day of judgment. Now, some in Hades rested in comfort. Okay, that would be Moses or, or in this case, the poor man. But others suffered under torments of fire, hence Lazarus. And we'll explain why. But there was a divider there. Now, this is what we see with Lazarus and the rich man. All right? Normally, it's, it's funny because Lazarus was in the waiting place of the good and the rich man was in the waiting place of the bad. Now, this is not the same Lazarus that rose, Jesus rose from the dead. Okay? It's a different Lazarus. Now, What's interesting about this is normally, what does the Bible mention here? Does it call the name of the rich man? Uh-uh. But it gives the name of the poor man. Wasn't there a series back in the 70s, rich man, poor man? So what you have here is normally it was the rich and the powerful that were mentioned by name. But here the rich man is not mentioned by name. And it was the poor man who never really got recognized. They were never mentioned on anything. But now here in the Bible, you have the poor man mentioned. So it's a reversal 
of, of the names that are usually mentioned. Now, on top of that, the Jews believe God blessed the rich and the powerful, and they would be the blessings. They had the blessings of God, and the poor and the hopeless were being cursed by God. And so when we look at their destination after they die, it's the opposite. Instead of the rich and the powerful getting a destination of comfort and rest, and the rich, I'm sorry, the poor getting a place of bad, a bad place, it's the opposite. The poor man gets the rest and comfort and the rich man gets the place of torment. So this is completely reversing everything. Now, do we, it's funny because the message of this scripture is do we care for others? Do we care for those who are poor? Can we even name them? The Bible specifically names the poor man, Lazarus. Know who that poor man is. Um, you know, uh, Eric Mall is a, a man some of you may have read about on our website and everything, and he goes out, uh, he does work with the poor. And I'll never forget where he told me something about the poor, because I was always like, do you need more money for food? Uh, do you need help handing out you know, uh, cards for food, grocery cards? Do you need me to get some sandwiches or whatever? And, um, and, and, and what's interesting is he pointed out that, you know, when you go to the poor, what's way more important to them isn't a sandwich. And this surprised me. He said, it's not a sandwich. It's, it's, it's not money even. What's the most important thing to them? They know your name. That they know your name. Um, that, that you actually care about them as a person, not that you're just trying to do some good deed. And I thought that was powerful. So now, what then is the sin of the rich man? He had, he had not really treated Lazarus bad. He, not, he never kicked Lazarus out from his front door. Um, you know, he, he didn't say you can't have the scraps that fall from my table. He did not kick him when he went by, or he was not deliberately cruel to him. And most people in the world think, well, I'm not Hitler, so therefore I'm not going to hell. What was his sin? His sin was that he never even noticed Lazarus and thought it was perfectly normal just to leave him in pain and hungry, hunger while he wallowed in luxury. And, and this is powerful. So his sin was not what he did that was mean that caused his punishment. His sin was what he failed to do. It was what he did not do. It's in the confession, we always hear about sins of commission. Father, I did this and I did this and I did this. My, my confessions are similar, but I always try to remember to, to confess sins of omission. If you ever go to the confession, you say, Father, I really don't have any sins to confess. The first place I go is sins of omission. What have you done for the poor? What have you done for the needy? What have you done for the neglected? Um, I rarely hear that confessed. And so uh, his sin was that he could look at this poor man's suffering and feel no grief, no pity, right? This is, this is the opposite of mercy. What is mercy? You've heard me say before. Mercy is having the pains in your heart for the pains of another and taking pains to do something about their pain. 
It's a particular mode of love that when love encounters suffering, it takes action to do something about it. That is the definition of mercy. And so <clears throat> this rich man looked at his fellow man hungry and in pain and did nothing about it. Rather, he was preoccupied with his own material being. And so, you know, in God's, if we will, God's economy, those who hold on possessively to what they have, the church teaches will lose it all in the end. This is why I'm trying very hard um, to, to, to be, God has blessed us tremendously uh, in our lives, our families, uh, the Marian fathers. So our job is to give back. And, and I feel strongly about that. So those who share then on the opposite, that re share, share generously and give back, um, <clears throat> they will receive many more times what they ever gave away. God will never be outdone in generosity. And so basically this rich man served his wealth rather than God, and in the end, he became the beggar. He became the poor man. Uh, irony, huh? The God of the paradox. And so why does God allow us to suffer that famous question and experience lack? Well, it's pretty simple because our personal suffering will make us more humane to those who suffer. And when that happens, that helps save your soul. God is much more worried about, worried about the salvation of your soul than he is whether or not you have a new car, home, or money. Although those things are important, we need to pay our bills. Yes, I've been there. I've been there when I was starting my business. I put every dollar I ever had into that business, and I was living off ramen noodles. So I, I know what it's like. And so, um, I mean, macaroni and cheese uh, was 49 cents a box. I, that was, that's what I lived off of. Um, you know, I do realize you have to pay our bills. We, we do have to do that. But when we suffer and we go without, we start to realize the plight of others. And God makes that clear to us when we suffer. And so suffering can help, um, you know, um, help us realize those are, there are others that go through this every day. And, but, you know, on the opposite side, suffering can also cause us to be bitter and jealous and envious if we're proud. So we can't forget that God allows these trials to purify our love. Um, and so one of our greatest sufferings uh, the church teaches in purgatory will be when we realize that we could have done more. And so to finish, it's important here to know that the rich man did not suffer because he was rich. Some people think that. Um, you know, Abraham was a rich man. Did you know that? Abraham was rich and he was blessed by God. Uh, money is not the root of all evil. The inordinate love and hoarding and failing to share money is the root. That's the problem. And so uh, on the flip side, though, the poor man was not rewarded just because he was poor. Many poor will end up in hell. That's not the case. Lazarus was rewarded because he had a true relationship of faith with God and the rich man did not. That's the bottom line here. Therefore, the difference was in their attitude to God and other people, the top two commandments. Love God, love your neighbor. 
yourself, not on the list. And so this is about loving God first and our neighbor second. And so the rich man, you know, he never really even learned. He still thought of Lazarus as a servant. He asked Abraham to have him bring him some water uh, and a drop of water for him and to go tell his brothers. And, and, and so that's why the poor actually do more for the rich than the rich do for the poor. Why? The poor give us a chance to be charitable. God puts them in our path. And I'm not talking just poor money. Oh, we'll hand them a $20 bill and go on your way and feel justified. No. There are people who are poor emotionally, poor spiritually. Spiritual poor, holy cow, that, or holy good Lord, that is everywhere. That is everywhere, the spiritually poor. Because the spiritually poor are those not practicing their faith, baptized Catholics not even going to church. They are very poor. Have you helped them? And so basically this story does have a sad ending. Um, you know, telling them it won't help, um, you know, because the family of this rich man who he says, go help them, it's a sad story because telling them won't help them because they don't want to hear the truth. And that's what we're facing today. Like the brothers of this rich man, the world does not want to hear the truth. Abortion is wrong. I don't want to hear it. That's my right. Marriage cannot be redefined. It's between man and a woman. I don't want to hear it. I'm going to live it and do it the way I want. The, the world doesn't want to hear the truth. So the passage here is telling us you're going to risk your soul if you don't stand for that truth. Don't do that. Fight the good fight. Now, it doesn't mean you have to get in a fist fight. It means you stand for the truth of what this poor man did. And it's not just because he was poor. It's because he had a relationship with God. You know, Jesus told St. Faustine, I'm going to have Brother Alex read Diary 16, I'm sorry, 1760, the last paragraph. 1760, the last paragraph. Because in it, Jesus gave a retreat to St. Faustine on spiritual warfare. And one of the things he talks about in spiritual warfare is the devil's deception. And the devil has lied to this whole world, our own loved ones, our families, our relatives, our brothers, our sisters, and told them, turn the whole world upside down, redefining marriage, calling what is bad good and what is good bad. And so Jesus told Faustina, fight like a knight. I am with you. Fight, fight, fight like a knight. Be courageous and, <clears throat> and not fear. And so I think that's the message of this passage today. Um, are we going to be fearful of being canceled? I've been warned so many times that we're going to be canceled, and Father Chris, you're going to throw us, in fact, even my superiors told me, I'm going to get us thrown off of the internet. Well, I understand that, and I'm trying to be prudent, but somehow deep down inside, I trust in God, because I'm not going to stop speaking the truth, even if I have to do it from a jail cell, because that is one thing I don't want to lose my soul over. I don't want to meet the Lord someday, and I found out I've lost my soul, not because he condemned me, but because of the decision that I made to be fearful, not stand for the truth that he's telling us over and over to stand for. Praise be to God that we have the church 
that it shows us what that truth is that we need to stand for. Yeah, there's some confusion in it today, but that's even the more reason why you have to know the truth and teach the truth. God bless you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.